Whether you're hitting the road on your way to work or just hitting snooze. Broadcasting live and local. This is, is Lee Faulkner on A64 Triple M. G'day, I'm Lee Faulkner. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show uh, where we allow you the chance to catch up on things that you may not have heard already and maybe have a listen to something again or get the full story. And you can do it while you're doing whatever it is you do listening to our listener app. All right, we've got plenty coming up in this edition of the podcast. Uh, I caught up with Dr. Coralie Graham from the USQ about the research that she's been involved in for eight years now around a treatment for people that have had stroke that is now being looked at to treat people with symptoms of long COVID. We talk sport with Dobbo and uh, his thoughts on where the NRL is headed particularly uh, who might end up in the grand final after last weekend's round. So we also caught up with the federal member for Groom, Garth Hamilton, and uh, spoke to him about a very important subject, foot and mouth disease and the effects that it could have when it uh, does inevitably arrive here on Australian shores unless we change some things about our biosecurity uh, and a whole lot more. So enjoy the podcast and so don't forget to join us weekday mornings from 5.30 on 864 Triple M. Garth Hamilton, good morning. Very good morning, Lee. I I don't do it for every politician. I would hope not, in. mate. I'd really hope I... not. <laughs> this is something your listeners do need to, ne- to know this. But... I thought it was appropriate that you were one of the first to see the handiwork of Whiskey Time Tattoo yesterday as I branded a Queenslander for life. Look, it's a, it's a great okay? tattoo. It's a great you... tattoo. I'm not sure the canvas stacks up, but the uh, the artwork's fine. You need a tissue for your eyes. <laughs> not many not many interviews start off with uh, with uh, someone showing me their backside, Lee, but I, I guess it, it, it set the tone, didn't it, really? We've, well, we've been on a good roll since then. I mean, not, not unless you're on the ABC, of course, but that's a whole other story. Now... <laughs> <laughs> down to things that we need to talk about. Uh, and look, this is serious because whilst it's something that every politician is a bit concerned about, you don't want to have uh, foot in mouth disease, uh, FMD is becoming a very, very serious problem for our cattle industry. And I think a lot of people are hearing it like myself on the on the national news and people talking about leaving your, your thongs in barley and all of this sort of stuff. But I don't know that necessarily we realise just how close to our own backyard and how across the groom electorate, how devastating foot and mouth disease would be if we have a major outbreak here in Australia and how careful we have to be right now. Absolutely, Lee. And it's, it is a serious issue for us because it doesn't have to come here for it to affect us here. It just has to be on our shores and it impacts our cattle industry. Now, uh, Groom Electorate has the most head of cattle on feedlots of any in Australia. So this is right is that now, right? This is a, a huge issue for us right here. Wow! Um, and when you think about it, it's not just the big uh, feedlots that it affects. It's the Mar and Par operations with a hundred head of uh, cattle. Uh, you know, it's the transport industry who move this stuff around. It's the yes. abattoirs. It's the guys who provide uh, the feed out yes. there, and everyone who works out there, the people who sell them Hiluxes. This spreads right out through our industry. This is absolutely something that could knock Oakey or Pittsworth uh, for six, and it would have an impact right here in Toowoomba. You think about every service industry, the accountants, the lawyers who, who are part of that uh, supply chain. Uh, this is kind of a huge impact for us, Lee. So it is incredibly, incredibly important. I've been out talking to people 
uh, at the top end of that food chain, as well as people who are um, you know, very concerned. I was out at the barn yesterday at Oakey listening to their concerns yes. um, about how this would impact you know, just that, that simple supply chain if that industry slows down. So this is a, this is a huge one for us, Lee. It's not... I think we should be seeing this not as an international issue. This is a very, very local issue for us. Yeah. And so as far as, like, you know, general people, what is there anything that we can do? Is it is it just a matter of if you are travelling overseas at the moment, just to be very much aware whether or not it is in the country that you're going to and then what you're bringing back? Well, look, certainly, and I know that uh, my Nationals colleague, David Littleproud, is leading this fight very, very well. We are asking uh, the federal government to consider increasing some of the protections, including potentially looking at some of the airports that we're flying in from. Yes. And whether we have the adequate protections there at the moment. Um, yeah, without being an expert in it, I'm not sure that we do. Yeah. But what we're asking people, be very, very careful uh, when you're coming back. If you've got soiled shoes, you, you really need to clean those properly. Uh, there's a throw out your thongs campaign for people who've been across to Bali there, and it's very hard to, to, to uh, clean those off properly. But it's also looking at what you're bringing back. There's, there's clearly things you can't bring back. You can't bring back a ham sandwich. You can't bring back some meat products from over there. Yes. Um, and we just need to up that biosecurity alertness. Obviously, we're also talking to, to farmers and graziers on their um, properties, making sure that they have adequate plans in place. Uh, we don't want to be alarmist about this, but we do want to see it for the threat that it, it could potentially pose. Um, and that's a big one. All right. Now, I, on a happier note, I noticed that uh, you were there as uh, many of us were to congratulate one of the icons of this region, uh, a man who without him and the work that he's done over uh, seven decades or so, we just wouldn't have the city that we have today. And that is uh, Clive Burkhofer. And he was inducted into the Queensland Business Leaders Hall of Fame, which is an extraordinary honour for an extraordinary man. Look, obviously, Lee, I think we've all seen his name plastered across our town, all the good work he does. He's a great businessman. He's an even better bloke. Um, he's been very kind to me, I've got to tell you, Lee. Um, always, me too. Always ready. He's on the phone. He, he has that bit of advice. And quite frankly, not many people have seen the ups and downs of life as, as Clive has. Mm. And he's come out of it with a smile on his face. I think that's fantastic. If there's ever a bloke who deserves a statue in this town, it's Clive Burkhofer. Um, he's probably one of the one of the biggest influences, I think, on our region. Yeah. Uh, and I always get a bit of pride when I drive down to Brisbane and you see the, the big uh, Clive Burke off a medical centre down there. Yeah. Uh, all the money he's put into cancer research and you think, goodness me, that comes from a, a dairy farmer's son from up this way. It's fantastic. That's right. Uneducated, didn't have a uni degree and started building chicken coops and uh, and then used that money to invest. And next thing you know, he bought a few blocks of land and, a, and away he went. But he's been very generous with that money. And I think that is a, a real big thing. And when I first came here in 2001, the amount of people that would tell me stories about how they got their start in business or even just their home, because Clive had, you know, given them money for a deposit or whatever it might have been. I mean, the stories are just, they're boundless. It's uh, it's extraordinary the influence he's had across this region and uh, yeah congratulations on being inducted into that hall of fame absolutely uh, well deserved there no doubt about that and then uh, you're heading uh, back down to canberra yes i uh, look i have to leave god's country and and go down and, and get to work down there which will be a bit of fun a new a new government um, you know we can get to see what their agenda is what they intend to do and it'll be good for us to get back and uh, and reform and have a look at ourselves i'm i'm, I'm very excited and optimistic um, about what uh, Australia has in front of us. There's some big challenges there, but uh, look, I, I think it's a, 
it's a, it's a good part of the political process for us. Well, I know you will, but whatever you do, keep that pressure on them to get that money into uh, our new hospital and get that first sod turned. We want to see that happening sooner rather than later. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Garth Hamilton, Federal Member for Groom, thank you as always for your time this morning. And sorry about the pre-show. Thanks thanks for the shot of the uh, the tattoo, Lee. (laughs) You could grab your sunnies on the way out. It's 13 to 8. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And from the early 1960s, Ray and Dave Davies enjoyed the decadence of the sex, drugs and rock and roll culture of the nucleus of the hugely influential band, The Kinks. You really got me The brothers were famous for, well, let's say, performing... All day and all night. That was until the handbrake was put on Dave's love life in the early 80s. In fact, only now has Dave Davies revealed what really happened. The 75-year-old rock star believes his mind was overtaken by aliens in 1982 when he was on tour in the US and claims they blocked any sensation down there. Okay, enough of the medical mumbo-jumbo. What does that really mean? Well, Dave was hit with a sex ban by aliens. He explains, they told me I mustn't have relations, and although I was able to walk normally, my groin and pelvis suddenly became numb. The reason, they told me, was they wanted to transmute my sexual energy to a higher vibrational level. Dave was preparing to play a gig in Virginia when things got weird quickly. In his new memoir, Living on a Thin Line, the title of which may very well explain a lot of the rest of this story. But anyway, Davey says he couldn't understand why he was feeling so weird. Dave was with his lover Nancy Evans at the time, and he remembers being controlled by the intelligences. He says he entered into a telepathic exchange with mysterious beings that would only let me tell her what they wanted her to know. Now, while Dave Davies claims that aliens put paid to his sexual exploits, for me, it was hearing one of his band's songs as a teenager and being petrified of being approached at nightclubs for years after in case this happened. You cannot be serious! No doubt there has been plenty happening in sport, and our Triple M sports guru is our good mate Dobbo, and he joins me for breakfast. G'day, mate. Yeah, mate, we should be talking all rugby league, but can we just please all stand and be proud for the great Cameron Smith? And I'm not talking the Cameron Smith that had a stand announced yesterday. I'm talking <laughs> yes. the golfer, one of the greats, the 150th running of the British Open at St Andrews, and he wins. He won the Champions Trophy uh, this year. He is an out-and-out baller. Um, and look, you want, a, some, you want somebody who is relatable, who is down-to-earth, who is an absolute rock star, and that's Cam Smith, the golfer. And to win the British Open, mate, I just love this. How love good is it? it? Yep. And he's, he's a Queenslander. He's a Queenslander. He's yeah. got the mullet. Uh, and uh, and they just love him. The commentary, uh, I was watching yeah. a fair bit of it over the weekend and uh, early hours this morning, and the, and the commentators love him. Uh, the, the golfing crowd love him. He's endeared himself uh, to the world and now is a, uh, a major champion. That is absolutely incredible. So I, what a I career. I don't listen to a lot of things my father said as, and has said to me, but he always used to say, you drive for show and you putt for dough. 
And Cameron Smith, has he is just the best putter ever. Absolutely. Anyway, well done, right. Sam Smith. Can we talk some rugby league? We can talk some rugby league because, uh, yes, uh, obviously we're still uh, the, the wash-up from the State of Origin series, which will see me getting a yeah, tattoo. Well, great, isn't it? Yes, I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow. That's after the maroon hair from the first game. Now, don't you laugh because I've seen some of the things that you've been involved in uh, yeah. as far as moustaches shaved at the top of your head. So uh, yeah, true, we've all true. been there. We've all made silly mistakes, and I've made a big one. But anyway, uh, Queensland, though, they just seem to know how to do it. I, yeah, I, I get it done. How? I, I, it I just done. don't get it. But anyway, they do. Uh, but then on an NRL level, uh, of course, uh, a couple of the big teams starting to wobble a little bit. And has the game changed? Melbourne, now Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, yeah. broken kneecap, and he couldn't be yeah. in a better place, could he? Melbourne Storm, they know how to fix a cap. There's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> so he'll be right. Uh, but having said that, uh, it is going to change the, the, the landscape for them because Cameron Munster, I still don't think, was 100% yesterday and may no. not be for, for weeks to come. Uh, Penrith, their players, while they rested all their players and they still won, uh, their state of origin players uh, will be smarting a bit from having lost that series. It'll be in the back of the mind. Has yeah. the landscape changed from where we were a few weeks ago where we said, guaranteed, grand final, Penrith, Melbourne? Yeah, I think so. I don't think Melbourne make it. And um, I'm not ruling them out of the eight by any means, but they are on the slide. Um, Look, I think, um, and and this is a huge call, but I I actually think the eight is set. Um, I think, I mean, Canberra potentially, the Roosters, everybody said, well, they can, but looking, losing uh, Satili Tupanua and and Billy Smith and also Takiaho with a six-week eye socket injury, fractured eye socket, they've got to play five of the top eight in the last seven weeks. Yep. Um, so for them to get through will be difficult. Canberra potentially, but my gut says that the eight is set. Now the positioning will be different. So are Brisbane pushing for a top four? Yes. Are the Cowboys, well, what are we going to know when they, how are we going to see the Cowboys and what are we going to really know of the Cowboys mm. and the Sharks in the cup next couple of weeks? Who knows? Penrith are the front runners. Yeah. But it is open season. And look, a lot's going to be determined on, determined on Thursday night, Lee. I understand in all seriousness how much you love Parramatta. But this game against the Broncos, yeah. with both teams having their, their full squads back and origin over, is going to give us a gauge on where we are. Brisbane have to play Parramatta twice in the last seven weeks. Parramatta are the Smokies, in my opinion. I think... Penrith, I think we all think Penrith are going to be there. Yep. But it could be the Cowboys. It could be Parramatta. It could be Brisbane or it could be the Sharks. I don't think South, I don't think Manly, I don't think they're going to get there. And I don't think Melbourne will get there just because of the sheer weight of injuries and what they've been through. They've still got some amazing, talented players, but I just don't think because of injuries this year, they get there. Either way... The next seven weeks is going to be bloody interesting because we've got some football on our hands. Teams are improving. Teams are starting to build for next year. But the great thing is we've got two Queensland teams in the top eight um, that are really having a crack. And your mighty Parramatta Eels, they're roundabouts. Well, how good is it? Uh, Rugby League, it never fails to disappoint. There's always a story and uh, there is uh, still a lot to go before this story's finished in 2022. But I think a lot of what you've just said there is likely to come true come the business end of the season. And we just can't wait for it. Of course, you hear it all live here on Triple M. And our uh, sports guru is uh, Dobbo. And as always, mate, thank you for your time. 
Enjoy the tat, mate. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. It's great to have mates. Well, it is, uh, without doubt, I think, the, the biggest event for the Southern Downs region and one of the premier events for South East Queensland. Uh, and I've been around long enough to remember the very first one back in 2004. Uh, a great concept that it just continues to grow and grow, and it's great after the last couple of years that it is back big and uh, better than ever. Jumpers and Jazz in July kicks off in just a couple of days' time. And uh, joining me to uh, tell you a little bit about what you can expect to see is Bet Bonnie. Good morning to you, Bet. Yeah, good morning on the front. Frosty morning, yes. It is indeed, and I think those trees around Warwick would be very happy to have some of those jumpers on them. Yeah, they'll be a little <laughs> bit shivering, and we've got some new saplings coming in too, so, you know, semi-new streetscape all over again, just like the beginning in 2004. So we've got some new saplings, and they'll be looking forward to getting their beautiful artwork, creative jumpers on, that's for sure. Oh, well, as I say, this event has grown and grown over the years, and uh, you kick off this, uh, as I say, in a couple of days, two days' time on Thursday, for 10 days of activities, two massive weekends, and yes. uh, this weekend, the opening weekend, there's plenty for people to come and see. Oh, definitely. Of course, there are all the beautiful trees. There's uh, live jazz on, free jazz on the street in front of the lovely old Sandstone Town Hall uh, on Saturday. And uh, that's we've got some great artists with Angela Fabian from... Uh, she was uh, like Australia's Queen of Soul, she's known to be, and others as well coming to perform that day. And we've got signature events Friday night and Saturday night featuring Angela Fabian and Melody Graves and Hokum Redemption and UQ Big Band. So, you know, that their tickets still can be booked for those and it's just really exciting and there's lots, so much creative textile stuff around with the Yarntopians and so yeah it's all happening on the, this weekend and of course Sunday is the big grand auto display right up Palmeran Street so expect amazing amazing vehicles of all sorts uh, ready all shining all ready to be talked about just and that's free street festival vibe with lots of jazz, coffee, food, wine, you name it. It's just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. It certainly is. It's just such a, a great event. And then, uh, we, you know, you mentioned about this big Sunday, but then, of course, you go through to the following weekend uh, and there's still plenty of activities right throughout the week and on the Saturday and then the Sunday, uh, the big picnic in the park, uh, which has exactly. uh, been a, a very, very popular event for families say, since uh, that was introduced. Yeah, so look, you're talking over 200 odd uh, market stalls. The wow. Warwick Potters get that organised in the park, and we have our Jazz Arena on that day as well, which will be, that's always a fabulous end to the week. And on the Saturday, we have our celebration of local flavours with a long table lunch, and uh, tickets are only available for there for a couple of more days if people want to book in for our long table lunch and at Leslie Park. And there's a lovely kids' zone there this year too at Leslie Park. So special activities for kids on the Saturday, and of course, the wonderful suitcase rummage, which is up Armand Street, with back by the free jazz once again and people just flock to suitcase rummage they just think it's wonderful thousands of people <laughs> it's so, a yeah. great concept that one I, look what we're telling you is really just the tip of the iceberg and I, already enough for you to get yourself involved in but go and have a look at the website for the full comprehensive program list of what you can see and do over the full 10 days jumpersandjazz.com.au
www.sbs.com.au. Uh, we would be here for the uh, the rest of the show just telling you about every event. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, the Southern Downs, there is no better time of the year than to, to visit. So if it's been a while but, uh, since you've been that way, uh, make time over the uh, 10 days of the Jumpers and Jazz in July Festival. Uh, Bet all the very best with a, uh, a massive event for you down there. Thank you so much. We're really getting excited now. Uh, Dr. Coralie Dry-Graham joins me for breakfast this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Lee. All right. Uh, it is uh, an extraordinary treatment. And for those, many might remember Joel's story on 60 Minutes uh, a number of years ago when he travelled to the United States with you to get that treatment. And since then, you've been pushing for it to be a part of the treatments uh, that uh, is available here in Australia. And I know that you've been uh, doing some clinical trials. How have they been going? Um, well, they're going really well. So it's it's exactly eight years um, since we took Joel to the US. So wow. this time, this time eight years ago, we were in in the US, and he was having the treatment that basically changed, uh, amazingly changed the quality of his life. And so when when we came back, um, we initially set up a charity to raise money for the first clinical trial, and then because I'm a a registered nurse and um, and an academic, I was able to, I've stood down from my managing director role um, in the charity, but um, <clears throat> that continues and I continue to support them. But I'm now working with the research team in collaboration with Griffith University, our School of Pharmacy and Medical Sciences on the Gold Coast. And we've conducted uh, so far um, on this current phase two trial with completed 75 of the 80 participants required uh, to finish the trial. So just speaking the last five participants um, uh, to enable us to finish and then move forward. The wonderful thing about this treatment is, the, the, as you mentioned, the incredible change, the quality of life that is possible yeah. for those that have suffered a stroke and are now living with the effects of that stroke. And, and of course, yeah. for those around them, the carers, the family members, so yeah, it's exactly. a change in life for them too, isn't it? Well, it has a massive impact on the quality of life of carers. And I know that my quality of life has dramatically improved as well. Um, but it's just wonderful to see... Uh, Joel and others on the clinical trial um, be able to do things that they had previously been able to do prior to their injury and um, and just life-changing for people to have some more control over their, over their life and be able to, you know, <clears throat> some of them have got their speech back um, and, you know, who'd, who'd previously lost their speech and be able to communicate, to say, I'm cold, I want to go to the toilet. All of those basic things that we just take for granted. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Now, the other part of the note that you sent me is that you're now planning to do a study into something that we're hearing a bit about, the ongoing effects of those that have had COVID called long COVID and that possibly being able to use the same treatment for people that are suffering with that. Yeah, that's correct. So just to, to understand what's happening um, with the treatment that we're trialling, so it's a medication that's a biologic um, that um, is being repurposed, so it's currently used to treat systemic inflammation, things like rheumatoid arthritis, and so we're using it to treat neuroinflammation that happens after brain tissue is damaged. And so in, <clears throat> in COVID, when people have COVID, they do clot. A lot of people clot, and we're seeing strokes 
from um, people having had COVID um, and other other um, injuries as well. But the long COVID is associated with uh, with micro clotting in the brain, um, and um, basically they end up with the same type of neuroinflammation as people do with chronic stroke. And so we're in the process of uh, getting our ethics ethics application to um, to trial the use of perispinal atenocept treatment for uh, long COVID. And the doctor in the US who developed this treatment, um, he has treated um, people who have had long COVID who haven't had stroke, like quite separate. And he's recently published a paper about that, uh, showing the improvements in fatigue and improvements in taste and smell and those kind of things. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very exciting because there's so many people they're saying about 5% of people who have COVID um, are left with, with long COVID, and that is a massive population. It is a very, very big population, and it's only going to grow, unfortunately, with this latest wave, <clears throat> and it will continue on, we would think, for some time to come. But uh, incredible what is uh, happening there with your work, and thank you for giving us an update at the moment from the uh, UniSQ, Dr Coralie Graham, and uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you for your time, as always. Thank you, Lee. And can I just say, anybody who's looking for information about the stroke trial, if they Google search Griffith University Stroke Research, uh, they'll find the contact details on that page.